This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the May 3rd edition of the PFF Forecast. We are doing rookie props. We've got some season totals uh, for rookies and offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Props are out, so we're going to discuss those. We've got some picks go around the horn. It's going to be a great podcast, and we're going to celebrate the Lakers. Uh, that'll probably be the bulk of the podcast, probably about 90 minutes worth. We'll do 10 minutes of football at the end. It's going to be a great show. Let's rock. I don't know about you, but um, I'm in LA right now. I'm traveling, uh, and uh, I partied very hard last night. Had uh, Lakers plus four and a half, plus one sixty on the money line. Um, an absolute delight. So I, I want to get just real quick before we jump in. How confident are you? Scale one to ten on Anthony Davis playing forty four minutes uh, day in and day out for the Lakers. Definitely like a two. I think like the only reason he played that long was because Lakers were like in the game. I think if Lakers were ever down by like 10 or something, I think him will just give up and go on to the next game. But man, that was such a like nerve wracking game. I mean, when they were down for like when Lakers were up 14, I was like, this is still not over. Like, I don't care. Like, I've seen the Warriors make this Kansas City Chiefs comebacks too many times. And sure enough, they tied up the game. And then thankfully, Michigan legend Jordan Poole shot, you know, a 35 footer. To, to pretty much ice the game for the Lakers. So I appreciate my boy, Jordan Poole. But yeah, this should be a really fun series. I mean, that that game one was was incredible to watch. Series prices now have the Lakers favored, which uh, has me has me a little worried. But um, on to football, Brad, apologize for the basketball talk. Um, but if you want to join the Laker bandwagon, come on over. Don't, no need to apologize to the six foot seven guy to talk some b ball. I uh, I'm well versed in the b ball, but yeah, unfortunately, the AD healthy AD is just a joy to watch, but he's a rarity, unfortunately, uh, most of the time. I I think so. This is to get to get it back to football. Remember when we had the conversation about just resting Drew Brees for like 14 games and then bringing him in so that he didn't like you know wear out? I legitimately think the Lakers should consider just giving AD game two off. Bring him back for game three. Uh, you still have home court. And then um, you give him that long break. And then maybe you can get two good games out of him. Maybe you can go up 3-1. You give him another game of rest. And then bring him back for a home game six. Well, yeah, you can go continue. But the Warriors are not. It's, 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 it's actually smart. Because the Warriors are not losing game two. Even if AD does play 44 minutes again. Exactly. Exactly. They're going to bench Jordan Poole. Um, all right, let's get into it. We've got uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year awards. We also have um, some uh, player props with uh, a rookie lean to it. Obviously, there are other um, season totals that are out there. We're going to focus on rookies today. We'll hit some other ones um, you know, as we go through the offseason. We want to start with the rookies. 
because of course they are top of mind. Um, there are odds uh, posted. That we're looking at DraftKings. DraftKings, I think, has the most robust um, offering right now. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but that's um, that's what I have seen. Let's let's start with defensive rookie of the year. So I'm gonna uh, go ahead and kind of recap. Uh, probably up to the first, I don't know, 10 or so players. I'm sure we'll have some long shots in here, but Will Anderson uh, is the favorite at plus 350. Tyree Wilson is eight to one. Jalen Carter, eight to one. Devin Witherspoon is nine to one. The oily hipped legend, Christian Gonzalez is 10 to one. Luke Van Ness uh, and his father are 12 to one. Emmanuel Forbes, 14 to one. Nolan Smith, 16 to one. Will McDonald, the fourth and Miles Murphy, Joey Porter Jr. and Jack Campbell, legend. Felix uh, Anaduki Uzoma, Drew Sanders, Deontay Banks, Brian Barch, uh, Branch, sorry, not Barch, all 20 to one. Uh, let's start with you, Brad. Um, give us your uh, your first uh, favorite. Yeah, as much as I want to take the Oli Hift legend, Christian Gonzalez, I won't keep chasing that bet. Uh, so you mentioned him there. Uh, it's Felix Anaduke Uzama, and I think the tough part here is it's a, lot, it's a narrative bet, as a lot of these rewards are. Obviously, the Chiefs are coming off a Super Bowl win. They're a phenomenal team, but I think the angle here is twofold. Is A, their defense wasn't spectacular last year. In particular, but outside of Chris Jones, they got basically no pass rush off the edge, including rookie George Karloftis. I know we had a good sack totals, but um, didn't really have consistent pressure. And the thinking here as well is, the Chiefs are going to be playing from ahead a ton, so the game script is going to be favorable for Felix Anadike Uzama, where they're going to have, be going against teams that are passing against them a ton, and maybe he can rack up some sacks, hit up a digital double-digit sack number. Maybe the defense overall you know, does better in total yards allowed and total touchdowns allowed or whatever dumb stat these voters look at when they make the determination. Um, so, yeah, but that, that is my angle there. Love it. Arjun, what about you? Yeah, so um, I really like Will McDonald at 20 to 1. Um, I think um, I, I don't necessarily think he's going to be the best edge from this class. I do think there's a decent chance he actually has the most production year one, which is obviously why I'm making this bet. Um, he's coming into the league a little bit older than some of these other guys like Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson, or Tyree's about the same age as Will, or, as Will McDonald. But Will McDonald, you know, he's going to be 24 year one. He was one of the more athletic players in this draft class, 4740, 1.63, 10-yard split, you know, 11 foot broad jump. Like he is very, very explosive. You put him on that defensive line with Quinnen Williams, John Franklin Myers, um, you know, Jermaine Johnson, first round pick uh, from last year. Like he's going to be able to get these one-on-one -on -one matchups because of the gravity of Quinnen Williams and John Franklin Myers. You add in that, you know, Robert Salah, pretty. Uh, aggressive defensive coordinator is going to be blitzing a little bit more um, than the league average. So you're going to be able to have him, you know, on some unblocked sacks and unblocked pressures. I think there's gonna be a lot of opportunities for him. One of the things that does uh, drive snaps played is draft pick position and him being the 15th overall pick, like that's going to matter in terms of how many snaps he gets and how many pressures he's going to be able to produce, how many sacks he's going to be able to produce. And then the main thing, like Brad said with uh, Felix, like, I think Jets should be playing from ahead most of the season with Rodgers at quarterback. Like they should be in a, an explosive offense, a high powered offense, giving him more opportunities to rush the passer. So I really like him. And, you know, one thing I didn't mention yet, Carl Lawson could be a cap casualty. And if he's off the roster, that's just more snaps for Will McDonald to potentially go and get after the quarterback. So add in the explosiveness, the ability to have a high floor in year one because of how old he is, uh, despite his maybe low ceiling because of his age. Um, I really like this bet at, at 20 to one. 
You know, I, I like both of those. I will say I, I am a little surprised that Will Anderson is such a uh, heavy, I, you know, favorite here or that has the, the lowest odds by, by a large margin, um, which gets me to the bet that I like most, which is uh, Nolan Smith. Uh, he is 16 to one. And, and here's the reason that I like Nolan Smith a lot. The Eagles are in a position where they should be up quite a bit. So we'll get a ton of pass rush opportunities. Um, he is playing on a great and very talented defensive line with guys on the interior who are going to require a lot of attention. So he's going to get a lot of opportunities uh, in high value positions. Uh, you talked about this, I, I think a bunch Arjun, which is like, how do you predict, you know, sacks, right? Obviously proximity to the quarterback is really important. Um, but so too is just surely the opportunity that the player is going to get, right? If you play more on third down uh, in pass, passing opportunities, you're going to have more sacks. It's just simple math. And the uh, awards bettors are not looking into the context, right? They're just looking at the high level numbers going, oh, I'm betting, yeah, I'm going to uh, vote for this guy. Um, so I, I like that quite a bit. The kicker there is actually something that uh, Brad mentioned, which is you think about the division that he is playing in. Dak Prescott, very good, does not take a ton of sacks. He's been very good at that. However, you look at the other players, uh, other quarterbacks, Daniel Jones, I'm not so worried about Daniel Jones. Uh, whoever the hell is playing quarterback for the Washington Commanders, whether it be Sam Howell or anybody else, I feel really good about them giving up a bunch of sack opportunities. So I really like Nolan Smith at, at 16 to 1. Um, so the offensive rookie of the year odds are as follows, uh, as I make sure that I can remember which teams players are playing on. Not surprisingly, Bijan Robinson, three to one, uh, Bryce Young plus 475, CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson, along with Jackson Smith and Jigba are seven to one, Jameer Gibbs, Detroit Lion, nine to one, Jordan Addison, 17 to one, Zay Flowers, 18 to one, Zach Charbonnet. And Quentin Johnson, Argents, Quentin Johnson are 20 to 1. Sure. Will Levis, 25 to 1. Jalen Hyatt, 28 to 1. Josh Downs, also 28 to 1. And we will close out with Hendon Hooker at 30 to 1. We'll start with you, Brad. Yeah, so I'm going for an even bigger long shot than the, the favorites on the board there. Um, there is an inherent risk in this play, so I'm not going to empty the clip right away. Uh, and the the risk is that maybe the Miami Dolphins still do trade for Dalvin Cook. Uh, I know they've had some conversations. Who knows how far along it really is. Uh, but Miami took Devin A. Chain, the Texas A&M running back, in the third round of the draft. I don't think... They thought he was going to be there. I know every GM and coach says that at every single press conference, but I actually do think he, he was expected to go a little bit earlier in this draft. Anyway, uh, the reason why I love this play, he's 35 to one. I've actually seen him at 40 to one at some books as well. Um, he's a speedster, ran a 4-3-240. Even before college, he famously ran like a super fast 100 yard, 100 meter dash and, and all this stuff. He's a track guy that comes to the NFL. And the reason why I love this one is, look, Miami was like a fringe playoff team. Yes, they made it, but not really. Uh, they couldn't actually play, you know, a meaningful playoff game. Um, and, and you get a guy where you can come in. I think if, if he, they don't trade for Dalvin Cook, he's going to be the number one running back on this team in the first couple of weeks of the season. Yes, they have Raheem Mostert, your guy Jeff Wilson, um, but I don't think they're going to be the top back for a long time. So the thinking is Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle on the outside, Mike McDaniel scheming things up, all those distractions. He's going to break off a couple highlight 60, 70 yard, super long touchdown runs that stick in voters' minds. I think is just a, a quintessential long shot bet where, again, you're kind of betting on highlights, betting on narrative. 
Uh, and I think he was, it was the best landing spot, in my opinion, after Bijan Robinson. Like, I don't like where Zach Charbonnet landed. I don't really like where Kendry Miller landed. I don't like all the running backs you look through um, their landing spots for fantasy standpoint, from a betting standpoint. I think A-Chains really stands out if they don't add Dalvin Cook. Yeah. I, you know, when you have je- jealousy, Arjun, of uh, like someone else's uh, bet, and you're like sitting there like, man, so I can't use that one. I'm very jealous of that. Very jealous of, of that one, Brad. Yeah, no, that's a great it. bet. Um, some more, I think, stats to back that up. A-Chain, uh, 90th percentile in terms of explosive run rate. That's one of the key predictors of NFL success for NFL running backs. So him you know, being in the 90th percentile should translate well. Um, I don't think the Dolphins really address the offensive line like as much as I thought they would in free agency and in the draft. So kind of running it back, but um, you know, Mike McDaniel coming from Shanahan scheme is going to be one of the best at scheming up stuff for his running back. So I like the A-chain one, but my favorite has to be uh, Jordan Addison at 17 to one. A lot of angles here. Um, Adam Thielen getting cut from the Vikings. Obviously Addison's in the step in right away as wide receiver two. Obviously you want to bet on volume for these kind of, you know, award bets because that's what's going to drive voter you know what's going to influence the voters that much and so i think addison will get a ton of uh looks a ton of targets uh i'm sure justin jefferson coming off you know one of the best seasons for any receiver in the past couple of years is going to see a lot of double looks leaving addison with single coverage another thing to look at um if you look at the vikings pass rate over expected so it's based on how much or what like a logistic regression would predict the Vikings probability to pass on every game and play last season, they passed about 2.5% over expected. So that's something that I'm sure Kevin O'Connell is going to continue from last year to this year on top of the Vikings defense is not going to be that good. I mean, you lose Pat Pete in free agency, you lose Shannon Sullivan, like this is not going to be that good of a defense. They didn't really, you know, I, I know they took, um, I know they signed some guys and free agency drafted some guys, but like overall, I think they are still not going to be that great of a defense. So assuming Vikings are going to be playing from behind or at least in a neutral game script, which means they're going to be throwing more. So add that onto Addison coming in, stepping in as the wide receiver, too, having history of having elite production in college. I think there is a lot of avenues for Jordan Addison to be very productive year one. And uh, I think, you know, the Vikings should be competitive enough to where Addison should get some offensive rookie of the year votes. Yeah, I like that, especially in contrast to like another guy that's going to be uh, a number two receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think a lot of the thought there is, okay, well, you know, DK Metcalf's going to get all the coverage. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to get a ton of open looks. And, you know, the Seahawks are not quite as pass heavy uh, a team uh, as the Vikings. And, you know, I, I think have a worse quarterback, um, even though, you know, I'm not the biggest uh, Kirk Cousins fan. I think it's fair to say that he's a bit better than um than Gino. Uh I'm gonna go with um with one that it, I generally don't think that there's a lot of value in taking players at lower than uh, at higher than 10 to 1 odds, I should say. Um, but I, I'll I'll give you this one in in the way I would phrase it is don't bet any uh Colts win totals. Uh if you're gonna if you're thinking about betting the over on the Colts win total, bet Anthony Richardson uh seven to one to win offense rookie of the year. And, you know, I think we've talked about this before, like he has a super wide range of outcomes, but as you compare the different quarterbacks here, you look at Stroud, I think Stroud's situation is God awful. You look at Bryce Young at plus 475. I think his situation is God awful. I'm not going to bet the favorite in Bijan Robinson, 
Um, and the, the Colts are going to need to put Anthony Richardson's natural talents on display. So I think he has the most clear path to both some highlight level plays, uh, as well as some gaudy numbers from a rushing perspective. And then you look at the competition that he's going to be facing a really, really weak division. So I think the option, the opportunities are there for him to actually win some games, um, and to do so in, in kind of impressive fashion. Uh, and that, that is seven to one, even though I am still very jealous of the, uh, Devin A chain, um, that, that, uh, that Brad plays. So I'm going to, I'm obviously going to bet that uh, as well. Um, all right, let's move to some, uh, props. Uh, I think we've got a couple that we want to hit. So why don't we just go, uh, sort of, uh, around the horn here and Brad, we can start with you, um, player prop that, that, uh, pertains to a rookie that you like. Yeah, so a couple of drops. This one is from DraftKings, uh, and it is the under 8.75 sacks for Will Anderson, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, at minus 120 to the under. Uh, so the thinking here, you look back the entire rookie wage scale from 2011 to last year, on average about one pass rusher per year, rookies uh, get at least nine sacks. In, in many years, it's zero. There are a couple of years where it's two. I didn't see a single year where three players uh, had, had at least nine sacks in a rookie season. And then when you do look at the players, a guy like Marco Parsons playing for a playoff Cowboys team, the Detroit Lions had the most snaps on defense in the entire NFL last year. Uh, so Aiden Hutchinson did get there with, frankly, a ton of cleanup pressures and, and unblocked pressures and really not. I mean, again, that is, that is kind of how sacks come about. But but nevertheless, Will Anderson is playing for a Houston Texans team who should be in the fourth quarter of most games. Frankly, in the third quarter of most games, teams should be running the ball 80 percent of the time. Mm. I'm being hyperbolic, but I'm probably not. So, you know, again, you are a just kind of betting on sacks or not. A very strong statistic. Yes, he's a good pass rusher, probably the best pass rusher in this class, but the game script goes against it. On average, like I said, one player per class. And yeah, he's the first one taken. Um, but I just think the line is way too high there. Uh, you know, for again, like a guy that's not a special talent either. That's all we heard the entire you know draft class. This isn't, you know, a, a Joey Bosa, a Miles Garrett. Neither of those guys even hit this number, uh, by the way. Uh, you know, he's a good player. I just I just think it's too high at nine. Yeah, that's that's a lot, man. I mean, yeah, all the points that you make, but like that team is going to be, that team is not going to be good. Um, Arjun, what about you? Um, yeah. So one bet that I like, uh, Bijan Robinson over eight and a half rushing touchdowns. Um, just looking at the Falcons last year, I mean, Cordell Patterson alone had eight rushing touchdowns only in 13 games. And by the end of the season, he was kind of benched. So when he was given the opportunities, when the Falcons offense, you know, was rolling a little bit early in the year, eight rushing touchdowns and then, you know, Tyler Algier over three. So there's going to be opportunities for the Falcons. Um, last season, they did rank 14th in red zone touchdown percentage, which it isn't great. You know, it's close to league average, but it's better than I think how their offense was perceived. And I think this year they, did, you know, re-signed Chris Lindstrom, added, added uh, Matthew Bergeron on the offensive line. Like it should be a better offensive line all across the board. And then like, like I mentioned earlier, like one of the key things that, that, key things that drives volume and snaps played is draft position and Bichon being drafted at eight. Like you can't tell me they're not going to feed the shit out of him in the red zone, in the goal and goal line situations. Like we drafted you for a reason, like you go and score a touchdown here. So I think eight and a half, it, I think it's the right number, but I, I would take the over. And I think the Falcons offense, you know, everyone's been hyping up, you know, Desmond Ritter breakouts second year, Arthur Smith, genius play caller. I think once they hit the red zone, it's going to be a lot of ground and pound. And to me, it's going to be, you know, the touch center come to Bijan because that's what they drafted him for. And again, we've seen teams kind of, um, you know, play rookies 
based on draft position, then I think Bijan kind of falls into that category. So really, really like this bet, and we know Atlanta's going to run the ball a lot. So I think I think there's a good chance he goes over eight and a half. Yeah, I, I like that one uh, quite a bit. Here, here's one that that sticks out to me. So looking at the the passing yardage props for quarterbacks, um, C.J. Stroud thirty six seven five and a half um, minus one fifteen on, on both sides. A couple of hypotheses here. The first is I think there's a chance C.J. Stroud really stinks this year. Um, I, you know, if there's a narrative around the rookie QBs that I'm like most confident in, I think it's that one. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Had such a good supporting cast in Ohio State. Was a complete disaster when things were not perfect around him. Was a travesty under pressure. Um, and then the fact that the team is also awful. Remember, they traded up. They they got rid of draft capital to go trade up to get a defensive player. It's not like they, you know, went up and then got a, a great receiver or something like that. And then you look at the offense that they're going to want to run there, right? They're bringing over the San Francisco offense. They're going to want to run the ball and protect CJ Stroud as much as possible. So not only do I think his volume will be down, but I think the supporting cast is going to be as a bigger shock to him than any other player. Like Will Levis is going to get in there and be like, oh my God, this is what it's like to play with like real football players. Amazing. Bryce Young's going to be like there and, and it's like, wow, my receivers suck, but guess what? They sucked last year. CJ Stroud's going to get in there and go like, can I go back to Ohio State? Can I bring some of the <laughs> freshmen in Ohio State and recruit them to come uh, run some routes for me here? Because this is this is tough. Um, and so I, I think under there, like I could see him uh, honestly like a Zach Wilson type uh, number two overall uh, QB kind of kind of situation with uh, with CJ Stroud. So um, not to be a not to be a hater on the Texans who I've already misrepresented as a different team that fleeced them during the draft but uh uh yeah i just i think it's going to be kind of rough for them um brad any others yeah no i think you're spot on there uh we make the joke a lot or people make the joke a lot like oh his college team was better than the pro team like no his receivers were legitimately better at, at yeah. ohio state than they will be at houston offensive line probably not even though three of them just got drafted and i see the, one of the guards <laughs> get mocked in the first round for next year but but i won't go too far the Texans have a good offensive line but yeah i totally agree I like both Bryce Young and CJ Stroud touchdown unders as well. The yards for me, like I agree, like I think the yards are way too high also, um, but the angle there is more just like maybe they're down a bunch and they're throwing late in the fourth quarter and, and they're trying to, you know, yeah. come back in games and they get a bunch of garbage yardage, um, but maybe they don't get any garbage touchdowns. I guess they could. Um, I think Bryce is at 25 and a half or maybe it's down to 24 and a half now. 22, um, again, 22 and a half. That's yeah, way down. Oh, oh, geez. Okay. Well, it was 24 and a half this morning. Well, I guess never mind then. Yeah, that's yeah. CJ Stroud is is twenty two and a half minus one fifty to the under, and Bryce Young is twenty two and a half minus one twenty to the under. Um, they moved three, they moved three I was touchdowns. Looking at Stroud. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at Stroud similarly, and I was like, yeah, because I agree. I think I think the minus you know under twenty two and a half touchdowns from Stroud is really really good. Um, but uh, yeah, minus excuse me, minus one fifty is a steep price to pay. Yeah. How do you how do you like if you're a sports trader for DraftKings like how and you set that line and by the end of the day you're down like you have to move it three touchdowns and still juice it to the under I mean like how like if you're the manager of that sports trading like group like how much like you must feel like pretty like mad or disappointed in your in your team for setting that line because obviously it was a, it was a bad well it's technically not the closing line but when you have to move it that quickly like I think that's it's probably a signal right. I'm and sure the limits. Go ahead, George. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, 
I agree. I mean, a lot of these few books are truly originating lines. I think for a lot of these player props, it's a little bit more all over the place in terms of, you know, there's not, it's not as clear cut of a kind of origination path. Um, and, you know, I think most places uh, are doing a combination of in-house and outsourcing, you know, their lines. So like you think there might be a person that's actually pissed about this. They could just not know who set this line and like blindly kind of, kind of putting it out and then it, it reacts. And, you know, I'm not sure that's, you know, because their limits are so low. Like if you ha just have an algorithm that does that, you're probably over time, you'll have some like these that are like bad to start. But you could probably correct quickly enough that that you'll be okay, and you know then you can raise limits as as you see it uh, set. But I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of this is just quite frankly algorithmic at this point. This could be like an Occam's razor, and I'm probably overthinking it. But and maybe George, you obviously have a lot of contacts in that space and, and smart people that do some of this work. I think we've reached a point where obviously books want exposure on both sides of something. And so oftentimes I'm not going to call it a trap, but they'll, they'll put something out there that they know they're going to get action on a certain side. And then as time goes on, the other side will get bet. And, and I think like overs for like, you know, uh, ex excited fans of the team or just the casual better that likes betting over stuff like that. A guy that watched Alabama tape or watched Ohio, you know, all that. And I think we've just kind of, I know it's early still, we're in the infantile stage of legalized gambling and all that, but I just don't think like you're getting that action as much anymore. And frankly, I think there's more people that see it and hammer the other side uh, before you get a lot of that excited, energetic kind of, you know, square betting. Yeah, well, the the, the notion that um, books are like trying to get equal amounts of money on both sides um, it is a complete farce and hmm. banana land and would be very, very hard. Uh, to actually do right, if that was the way that you truly made made money, right? So um, th that's not like the goal. The goal is to set the best line possible, and you're charging a tax on it, and you're going to make a certain percentage, you know. And, and the books are very, very good at knowing what what are they expecting to hold from different types of bets, and you know, it's not a secret out there. Uh, not that this necessarily correlates, but it's not a secret out there. To your point, Brad, that you can't get people to bet unders. It's very, very hard to get to bet, to bet unders. If you want to get flagged as a sharp better, the the thing that you do is you go in and just bet unders on player props and they will immediately flag you. So, you know, it's, it's like the easiest tell, right? Are you a casual fan? You are betting overs. It's even hard for us. I think people that are pretty discerning on a sports better that won't say like, you know, we're, you know, uh, Michael Jordan of sports betting here, but like we bet, oh, it's hard. You know, you're looking at it, you're like, ah, I would rather bet an over than an under. Um, <laughs> because an under, you know, there's just this intrinsic thing where um, an under, you can lose the bet before the game ends. And over, there's always a chance. Always. Never and, dead. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it's never dead. Um, so, you know, they're just knowing that, you know, knowing that basic premise, you can set lines, you know, artificially higher to your point, Brad. And, people will bet the over still because that's just the, the, the way it is, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I, I mean, I would love to know, it'd be really interesting to see what the underlying, you know, at, at the end of the day, what their um, risk is on, on the different numbers there. Sure. Any other uh, player props, Arjun? No, I mean, there's just not a lot out right now. It's still pretty early yeah. in the, in the off season. So don't really, have anything else I like. 
I have a, a, a story for you guys. I bet on baseball for the first time. Um, oh, no. Not a baseball guy. Okay? Not a baseball guy. Uh, but I want to tell you about my, because I felt I, I could commiserate with the average NFL better because of this experience. So I'm going to a, a Dodger game against my will, not a Dodger fan, going to a Dodger game on Monday night. The only way I'm getting through this game is betting on this game. Yep. And I don't, I couldn't name, I can name like Mookie Betts. That's about it um on on either team and uh I, I think Bryce Harper plays for the Phillies but he wasn't playing in this game so I'm like trying to figure out I'm like Google searching the uh starting pitchers because you know I do know enough to know that that's important um end up deciding that both starting pitchers kind of suck so I take the over eight and a half show up to the game fourth inning or something like that over clears in the fifth inning uh so celebration all around um and so now I'm baseball better. Uh, you know, I've had, I've had a little taste. I've done a little bit of research. My research proved true. And, you know, now I'm, uh, I must be, I must be sharp. Those are famous, it. famous last words. <laughs> one, one of the funniest like videos I saw in like the past month, there was this like TikTok girl. Her name's like Rossi Betts or something. This guy like passed around gambling Twitter. She, she made a TikTok and I, I seriously couldn't tell if she was trolling or she was like being serious. I think she's serious, which kind of scares me, but she's like the ones that I've been betting on baseball this entire season. And I've been up like, you know, 10, like my ROI is this and that, my unit size, like this and that. It's like the one thing I feel like I'm doing that no one else does is you have to look at the pitcher matchups when you look at, when you bet on baseball games, because that's mat that matters. And I'm like, and everyone just had a field day with it. Cause I mean, if you're not looking like, if you don't have a model that factors in like, you know, pitching, you know, who's pitching for both sides, like home away stuff, like recent history, like you're not building a good model and stuff. So like, I don't, that was just like one of the funnier videos I saw and she was getting flamed for it. So I don't, I haven't like checked back in on that video, but yeah, if you're betting on baseball, like I would definitely make sure to know who's pitching. Cause that definitely matters for betting totals and sides. I think it arguably is the most influential. Like it probably might arguably matters even more than quarterbacks. I could be wrong on that, but I feel like I'm not necessarily wrong on that. It's like the most impactful single position in any yeah. sport you could bet on. It's become, I guess, slightly less impactful because, you know, they've, they've done these things like openers and sure. You know, gone are the days where guys would go kind of deeper into games, but um, yeah, it's, it's such a, such a big deal. I mean, I've always thought that, of the the major sports baseball was the one where you could probably build the you know the most accurate model now the problem is that so can the books um obviously there but it's just so freaking boring to watch <laughs> so you know may may god have mercy on your soul if you're trying to do that I, I do think that like the live betting aspect for baseball is maybe the thing that saves the sport because like we were sitting there during the game and you're just like bored i mean the pitch clock i gotta be honest with you it's too slow they need to cut that thing in half 15 seconds, 20 seconds when guys are on base is an eternity. Um, but it makes the live betting interesting. And so like, you know, betting on a bat, betting on an inning, betting on a guy to hit a home run, um, those kinds of things. Like, I, I think it's got to be the way that you keep people interested in the game. Yeah, when you started the story with, I was going to a baseball game against my will. I knew I had to do one thing to stay interested. My response to that is to drink about eight old style tall boys. So, you know, to, to <laughs> eat their own, <laughs> so their own to, to make your baseball game interesting. But that's that's my uh, that's my go to. <laughs> I, I did drink some tequila. I, I will. Uh, I will confess that.
Um, and uh, and then I followed it up, obviously, with the with the Lakers. So maybe it, maybe it's just the the L.A. teams. I've just got to continue uh, to double down on that. But um, yes, I'll be giving out baseball picks going forward. So members of the printing press, you're welcome. Uh, that's the plug for joining the PFF printing press discord, uh, which I probably should have mentioned earlier. Um, go and uh, get the link that is in the description in the YouTube uh, description or hit us up on Twitter and we will pass that link to you so you can get involved. Uh, we obviously talk about all things that we're kind of hearing there. There are opportunities to bet if there's news that comes out, Brad and Arjun are on top of it. Um, also a great community of people who are doing their own research and, and passing it around. As we mentioned, we got the uh, the Moody, the Moody 75-1 from a member of the printing press. Uh, so you'll want to get get involved there. And then of course, head to pff.com, get yourself a PFF Plus subscription. I think I think the draft 40 promo is still live. So go get involved before it gets uh gets taken down. We have a new product on pff.com. It is the post-draft and off-season guide, where just today uh we included uh, an analytical view of how the off-season went, both draft and and free agency, uh looking at um wins uh, above replacement and what kinds of, uh, you know, um, additions or subtractions teams underwent, what the draft looked like. So some really, really cool stuff there. Obviously, off-season grades for free agency from Brad, draft grades uh, from the from the team as well. And we've um, consolidated all of your picks for each team in order with those teams. So you don't have to go, you know, trouncing through the whole uh, draft guide to, uh, to get some information on the new players that uh, are on your team. So go check that out. Get 40% off a PFF Plus annual subscription. Uh, we'll be back with you on Sunday night. Thanks so much for hanging out. We love y'all.